The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one. Welcome all. To the greatest show of them all, it is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you, as always, by the 4SB Nation, NFC East blog, podcast networks, whatever you want to call them, uh, blogging the boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders, and Big Blue View for the New York Football Giants. You can watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog on the boys YouTube channel. Obviously, we have a lot to get to. I say we. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN. I am Arjo Cha from BTB. BLG, I say this sincerely. You're a great friend of mine. It's great to be in your company. No, it's not. It's going to be it this, this, this podcast is not going to be fun, RJ. It's not um, going to be a fun offseason for the Dallas Cowboys, who once again did not even make the NFC championship game. Didn't even um, make I don't, it. Look, I'm be, like, again. there's nothing you can say that can hurt me or any Cowboys fan. Like, our, our pain and our like wounds are like established and like, you know, baked over by the team itself. So, like, all the like failure things that you want to like propose. I know you have a little graph thing you or whatever chart thing or something you want to read. Like, like you're you're not like you're preaching to the choir here, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Dallas but, played in, in the NFC Championship game last on January 21st, 1996. Are you doing the Jalen Hurts birthday thing? Are you Jalen Hurts was person? born on yeah. August 7th, 1998. Baby Hurts grew up, learned how to play football, went to college, squatted 600 pounds, graduated, got drafted by the Eagles, and made it to the NFC Championship game before Dallas went back. Shout out to 2008 Phils on Twitter who tweeted that. See, like, that's a funny one, but, like, I feel like I've come up with better ones over the years. Uh, John Elway, when the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl or appeared in an NFC title game, had never won a Super Bowl of any kind. Um, he would go on to win two, sat out the mandatory period after retirement, was enshrined into the Hall of Fame, began a whole new profession as far as, like, football, you know, management, became a general manager, although you can argue some of the, like, loyalty associated with the Broncos, and literally built his own team that won the Super Bowl, which featured, as you love to remind people many times, a prominent Broncos player for legend. the Dallas Cowboys in DeMarcus Ware. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe the best wide receiver in college football, right? His father was drafted the year after the Dallas Cowboys last won the Super Bowl. So he himself, um, you know, played his entire NFL career, won a Super Bowl, sat out, retired, and now has seen his son blossom into one of the best wide receivers in the country. He will probably be drafted before the Cowboys, obviously. Uh, so Marvin Harrison and Marvin Harrison Jr. will both probably be drafted before the Cowboys end the draft. 
It, like again, not, like you're 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 playing the hits here, baby. No, like there's no, like, no, 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 no. You, nope, if you're gonna, you, you got to come up with something unique. This is the same like oh, get the VHS nope. tapes out. Like nope. th- you know, you, I'm I'm all for trolling, but let's at least be unique about it. Um, let's no, let's bring you're, in. You're, wait, mm, I have one on, last thing before we bring in our special guest. One last thing, okay? And we can get into it probably with our special guest. This hurts more than you're letting on because it's not just that they lost. That you're used to, correct? how they lost and why they lost in i disagree I, it is the most that they lost and it's your boy Dak, who you hold so near and dear and i disagree because this was the this was the same thing that we mirror. saw last year look we'll get into it i don't want to make our special guest wait any longer and we said that phrase or we said that line special guest that is incredibly appropriate the most special possible guest that we could ever have i said our wow. you were my great friend brandon um this truly is our great our wonderful our perfect friend rob stats guerrera stats we love you, buddy. Thank you, guys. I love you, too. I'm I'm going to be nice and not point out that the 49ers have been in six of the last 12 NFC Championship games with four different quarterbacks. I'm not going to bring that up at all. Um, they've been to seven, I believe, in, in the Cowboys drought. So you did stop shy of going the full way. I mean, at least you have that. Um, the Niners have no rings to show for that. The Eagles have at least won the Super Bowl stats. I mean, like, come on, like, you know, bragging about NFC title game appearances over here. It is so weird that the 49ers have played for a Super Bowl half the time in the last 12 years, especially for a lot of that. They weren't even good. It's just a weird scenario when they get to the playoffs, they go to the NFC championship game. They haven't lost before the NFC title game since 2002. It's also um, weird that we haven't seen the Eagles and 49ers play in the playoffs much, even though they've been to all these championship games. Uh, I think it's only happened twice ever. Wow. That's crazy. Like they've never, I think they're, they're like, you know, their peaks have never coincided really. Hmm. Mm. I have to say, and look, I'm obviously sad about the Cowboys season ending. I wore my Houston Astros World Series championship t-shirt here because they beat both of your teams on the way to that title. Um, and this is all I have. This is my copium. So I'm, I'm, you know, taking it all um every second that i can um that being said these are the two best teams that are going to be in the nfc title game i'm not above saying that uh these are the two best coaches i'm certainly not above saying that in in the nfc Uh, oh i i have said many times that nick sirianni is a great football coach anything else though is um i think subject to interpretation um i would be lying if i said i was not rooting for the san francisco 49ers um a big reason for that is i'm rooting for my friend rob stats guerrero stats um, the YouTube channel that you had your wonderful post game show on. What is the handle specifically? Is it Stats on Fire? I just wanted to make yes, sure. Yes, at Stats on Fire. That is it. It's where you can find me. Okay, everywhere. Stats on Fire on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. He is a one man marching band. Um, Rob Stats, uh, Rob Stats Guerrero, the OG. Wow, that is. I feel like you're being really nice to me now because the Cowboys lost. I mean, we have to like you kind of represent the middle of the Venn diagram. <laughs> I think your stats, right? Like, we, we know, like, because we kind of have to talk Cowboys Niners and then segue into like Eagles Niners. Um, no offense to the Giants, but it's kind of insignificant for this episode of the NFC. I want to touch on the Giants. We're still going to touch on the Giants and the Commanders. Okay, it can happen at the very end. The, the Giants yeah. had the the worst showing of any team in a playoff game so far. Mm. Um, who wait? Who did, that Giants team? Who did they beat the week before? <laughs> Um, oh, that's true. <laughs> that's, well, I think the Vikings are more competitive against the Giants than the Giants were against no, the No, I'm just but, saying, like, how pathetic um, is it that the Vikings lost to that team at um, 
Okay. All right. Um, man, I really wanted to see a Vikings. I would if the Vikings had been the Eagles in the NFC title game, it would have been, you know, some some great okay. jubilee for me. Um, stats, Brandon experienced the highest level of joy that he can experience. We talked about that a few weeks ago, uh, because he said he takes more joy in the Cowboys losing than he does the Eagles winning. So even though the Eagles advanced to the NFC title game on all Saturday right, hold night, on. let me give you some uh, more context. He established a higher first level of, all, of emotion. Those were your words. Stats are first them. of all, uh, <laughs> let me give you more context on that. First of all, you have to understand my specific nature of my job is that when I'm working an Eagles game, I am working and I have a billion things to do after mm-hmm. they win. So, yeah, it's nice and cool. But also I do like 50 things. Whereas when I'm sitting back and watching the Cowboys lose, it's just fun. I get to enjoy it. I don't have to like type 50 things and write an article and message 50 people and text. Every, like It is such it's fun. I like it. Sure. But there's also this just great feeling of just getting to enjoy it all. So Stats. that's part of it. How did you feel the Cowboys played on sa- on Sunday afternoon? On defense, they were incredible. They were as advertised. They were better than I thought they were. I did not realize how fast they were going to get around the edge from both sides. It was ridiculous. But on offense, they stunk. What happened? They stunk. And don't give me Tony Pollard getting hurt because he played for basically the first half and did Nothing for the most part. I agree with you. And the 49ers beat the Cowboys last year without Nick Bosa and Fred Warner for a half. And the Cowboys did have Tony Pollard. So I'm not buying that excuse that, you know, he would have totally changed the outcome of the game. Have have you really seen this? Like, has anybody presented that to you? Like, or because like mm. I can't, it sounds like a straw man argument to me. Like, I don't I don't know any Cowboys fan who's like, oh man, if, if Pollard hadn't gotten hurt, the, it was ours. Like, I I truly don't know. No, no, but I'm preemptively <laughs> smacking that <laughs> argument down because it drives me nuts. Even though I may be so the only I, one I, making it. I tweeted this, um, and stats responded to it. I don't know if you agree, Brandon. Um, so like the game is lost on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. Like there's no, like I, in fact, I said this many times on our shows and stuff like there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Like that is a truth that has to be faced. Um, I don't know that I would have put all of last year's playoff loss on deck, but I I think you certainly like, if you're not putting a hundred percent, like we're talking like the bare minimum here is 95%. Um, the, the two moments or sequences that were most disappointing, I thought was the end of the first half. So I would have kicked the field goal. I tweeted this on, I think it was fourth and four. Um, and obviously there was the Brett Maher thing and like, it was super dramatic and Trent Williams was bullying him, whatever stats. I know you, uh, enjoyed that. Um, but I would have kicked that field goal and I, I'm not going to play the, what if, like if they had attempted that field goal, maybe Pollard doesn't get hurt, but fine. They decide not to kick it. And I thought the Dak run for the first down that that truly felt like, holy crap, like they might do this. Um, it, it felt like their time. And then that interception at the end of the first half, then obviously the Niners get that field goal off of its stats. Like that was like, it felt inevitable that Dallas was going to score. So even if you call it a field goal, even understanding the Brett Maher thing, like that was a six point swing in a game they lost by seven. And so then at the very end of the game, you you only need, you know, a field goal to win right, as opposed to a touchdown to tie. And I thought the worst moment of football that Dak has played in a very long time stats was when they got the ball with three minutes left. You have you have to go the length of the field, sure, but you have you get a touchdown. And, and we were all kind of like, they go, they score, they're gonna go for two, whatever. You get a touchdown here, and it's it's your destiny, it's your legacy, et cetera, et cetera. Not only did they not do that, they didn't gain a single yard, they didn't have a single positive offensive play. So literally turtling up 
in the highest leverage moment possible. Right. Yeah. Well, and a moment I I know I've like set the stage for you several times, Dad, (laughs) but like a moment that's going to get a little bit forgotten is he almost took a safety. (laughs) Yeah. That that was crazy to me. The only reason he didn't take a safety is because Eric Armstead said he was afraid of getting a penalty because he thought Dak was going to throw it away. That, that that's so, so stupid that that's reality. I mean, it's not Armstead's fault. Like, I don't blame him for that. But, like, I hate the reality that we live in with this. But, like, people will forget that because of the almost pick six, Brandon. People will forget that because of the stupid play at the very end. But, like, how, how do you come on that? It was Go literally ahead. not in, like, I watched, like, the condensed highlight version again this morning. So I wanted to, like, you know, refresh. I didn't even include that in there. I'm like, are you kidding me? That was a huge, like, play. <laughs> You're almost. saying... You're saying the safety they didn't include or the almost pick they didn't include the almost safety. They didn't even include that in the highlights. So like that's crazy. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that will get lost. And that was such horrible decision making. Like you should come nowhere near the idea of taking a safety in that moment. Throw the ball away. You know what I mean? Like, and I I give him like it was like first down. I give him the the bare minimum credit for like evading the tackle that Armstead did not put all of his effort into stats. But like, how do you do that? Like and there are other other things like multiple things could be true. Like Dalton Schultz, dude, you got to fight to get out of bounds. Dalton Schultz, like do not lazily, you know, approach the catch. Like it was just a comedy of errors. But Dak is obviously the headliner stats. Now the stage is yours. OK, there's so much there to respond to. I said going into the game, I thought Dak was in his own head a little bit, that he was feeling the pressure of the moment. He, t- he gave an interview with Fox where he said he rewatched the postgame presser from last year's game this week. Like, dude. You're making too much out of this. And I felt like he played like it. The first interception to D'Amador Lenore, like, what are you doing? And you're right. The sequence before halftime was huge, especially RJ. I don't know if you saw this. This drove me nuts about Kyle Shanahan. He admitted he wasn't trying to score on their final drive of the first half. He said all he wanted, his literal quote was, we liked the score where it was. They were not trying to score on that possession. Kyle. And then they hit Juwan, uh, Juwan Jennings on that big over route. And they eventually got into field goal range. You kicked a field goal. They weren't even trying to score, which is the, an absurd philosophy. And it was a tie game, yeah, right? Was, like he liked the score at a tie game, six to six, it, which is absurd because you like that score. It, he, he freaks out when the other team gets the ball first in the third quarter. And here's why it was even a worse decision, let alone you just literally stop trying to score because of what happened in the second half. The Niners didn't touch the ball in the second half until about nine minutes to go in the third quarter because Dallas got the ball first. They punted and that was the Ray Ray McLeod fumble. fumble. So right. you were content to sit. In a 6-6 game, and then you don't even get the ball back to halfway in the middle of the third quarter. It was absurd by Kyle Shanahan. He got bailed out by the defense, the interception, and, of course, the field goal at the end of the first half. BLG, before you go, just very quickly, like I'm saying, Dak is the like the face of the failure on Sunday afternoon. There's like, again, I'm I'm not gonna like dispute that in any way, shape, or form. But there are tentacles of the failure as well. Like the first interception, um, I I I mean, like the the bet that the Cowboys made, and we have obviously all talked about this, that completely imploded was the Amari Cooper bet. Like, fine, you want to trade him away, but like they made a bet on Michael Gallup. They made a bet that he was gonna be like the Robin to see CD Lamb was Batman, to be very clear. I think we all agree. Like he had an incredible game. But like big shock, like one alpha receiver is not enough. Like look at everybody else that's left in the NFL right now. Um, so Michael Gallup, not like finishing the route or whatever you want to call it, like that was a part of that first interception. Again, it's on deck. Stats, you mentioned the fumble. Okay, Cowboys, you get down near the goal line. You have a chance to take this game and Kellen Moore turtles up. Okay, so that's on Kellen. But again, it's all ultimately on deck. 
it was it was just like the you said it at the top, Brandon. It was kind of the worst possible way you could fail because now you do have to face a reckoning. That there's like people can get off and and pop off all their jokes and all their silly things because they're true. And and you know, Michael Irvin said something like this the the day that we're recording. Um, and stats, I do the the, the like press conference thing is weird. Like I don't I have no like context or, or like explanation rough, for rough that stuff right there. Well, I think it's that like. You can act like the drought doesn't hang over you, and it's not all like Dak's fault, right, or McCarthy's fault, but it is there now. Like you're acknowledging it, like you're acknowledging that you're you're fighting ghosts in addition to like fighting the present. All right, so I don't think you have the graphic right because I couldn't get it to you in the right way, RJ. Oh, <laughs> um, I can I can try between the quarterbacks. Is it, okay, you can tell us your Tony Romo Dak Prescott comparison. Yeah, like, it's you can just audibly right. do it. Way to just ruin the show. You know, the <laughs> it was it's super low hanging fruit. You're mind. so you're so much more clever than to like take this. What are you talking about? Look at their number stats. If you haven't seen my tweet, look at my tweet and everyone else at Brandon Gauton on Twitter. I did quarterback A, quarterback B, and if you look at the numbers from Tony Romo's first seven seasons as a starting quarterback. And you look at Dak Prescott's first seven seasons as a starting starting yeah, quarterback. About two and four in the playoffs. And about they're like three in the it is uncanny. They are nearly identical. And then their playoff uh, record success. No, not the right word to use. Playoff track record to this point. Same thing. Six games played, two and four each. Sixty three point four completion versus sixty one point six completion. Seven point two yards per attempt versus seventy. Sorry, seven point one yards per attempt. Uh, ninety two point three passer rating for Dak, and then ninety three passer rating for Romo. You just got Tony Romo all over again. It's so delicious, and I love it. I'm and not like disappointed because, by that. Like that. Like well, exactly. That's, that's why I love it so much. Because Cowboys fans are going to be like, "This is this is gonna, this is who Dak is going to be. He's going to be the guy. Like, actually, he's better. Actually, you just need to get him more of this. Actually, it's, he's he's way he's underappreciated. You're, you're fighting and, a non. And part of it, hold, let me talk. Clear. Let me talk. Hold on. And part of it is because it comes out of this underdog thing where like Dak was a fourth round pick and Romo's an undrafted free agent. So you get the benefit of the doubt as opposed to not saying literally just Carson Wentz, but if you're someone like him who is the number two overall pick, there's so much more pressure and negative attention on those kind of right. players. The Cowboys like quarterbacks don't face any pressure. Derek Barnett. Totally. In Josh Sweat, where like Josh Sweat earlier in his career was always seen as a positive, even if he did literally the same. How thing is the Romo Dak point involving Josh Sweat? Because like <laughs> and Darren when expectations We're so are lower, like, dude. When expectations dude. are lower, you're doing the thing where you're talking into me, and people don't like that. So I can let <laughs> my, I can let you talk if you want to talk, or and I'll stop. But okay, if I'm going to Josh Sweat going. point, please. The point is, when expectations are lower, it's like there's this like rush to be like, oh, this is so cool, this is so great, this is this great thing. Dak is Romo. Eagles fans were never scared of Romo, and there was nothing to ever be scared of. These are your guys. Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, Kirk Cousins, losers <laughs> that you will absolutely love to have around because you know they're never going to get over the hump. You know it. You know it in your bones, and you're just going to root against it, and you're going to act like there is that chance, and it's never going to happen. And I love it. So I want the Cowboys to keep Dak Prescott. I want the Cowboys to keep Mike McCarthy. You might win a division. Great. You, you might win a playoff game. One playoff game. Great. You're never getting over the hump with them, and I love it. So that's all I got to say. Wow, there is some there is some rage there. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, like again, like that was coming from a deep place. Um, I mean, maybe a rent free place, but we'll see. Um, stats. Do, do you agree with the the diatribe that Brandon went on? I suppose I did not realize that Dak and Romo's numbers were that similar. That's eerie. Because if you had asked me before we started, I would have said I would rather have Romo. Than Dak, I think Romo's a better quarterback. I think Tony Romo's the second best quarterback in Cowboys history. I've I've been on record as saying that. Uh, mm. Dak did not play well, and RJ, I know you're going to fight me on this. 
What did I tell you all season? Mike McCarthy is a potato. <laughs> and once again, the Cowboys, Cowboys, and credit to Greg Olson, who was awesome on the broadcast on Sunday. He was all over all the different things the Cowboys did poorly at the end of that game, starting with not rushing onto the field to get the punt off before the two-minute warning. He nailed that because the Cowboys let time go off, and then there was 2.05 when the Niners got the ball back, and it basically invited them to throw the ball to George Kittle, which they did for a big first down. He was all over the sideline stuff, how you have to be going forward with all of that. He nailed it. And if Mike McCarthy is not going to run the offense and he's not going to run the defense, you got to be the conductor of the orchestra. You got to be all over those little details. And for the second year in a row at the end of the playoff game against the 49ers, he wasn't. I will say uh, you missed one thing that Olsen noted that I thought was really astute of him um, on the positive side of the two minute warning. I think it was first down um, and Brock, I, I, don't, I don't remember who Brock Purdy completed the pass to, but he threw. And as they were going to commercial, he said, this is like, this is why Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. You throw the ball because you know, you only have a couple of seconds before the two minute warning. Like the clock is going to stop no right. matter what. Like a lot of teams would be scared and would say like, let's just run the ball and let's get to the two minute warning. But so again, these are tiny little things. It's part of what makes Greg Olson very good. I don't know why people don't highlight that, but anyway. Um, yeah. Like again, like there's nowhere to run or hide. Like I, I think like sometimes the two of you or other people make it seem like McCarthy, like a hundred percent sucks. I don't know that either of you think that now I think that the Cowboys, like they're, they're trapped in this middle. Like they're, they're trapped in this middle now where they're like kind of good and, you know, really good at times. And maybe even like, you know, the hovering around the best sometimes, but they have their worst moments when they're most important. And that happened here. Like McCarthy had had handled all of these things for the most part all season long. But when the, the pressure was highest or whatever, like cliche you want to assign to it, he really failed. And you know what? what? What was my biggest problem? You both know with how they lost last year. It was how big of losers they were, right? <laughs> like, oh, it's the refs. Oh, whatever. Like they complained and pointed fingers and everything. McCarthy had not been that guy. And some Cowboys fans are like, whatever about this. But after the game, I'm sure you both saw he pushed or, or shoved or yeah. put his hand in the face of a cameraman. I'm not yep. saying that was like malicious or like the most aggressive thing of all time. But that is a symptom of that Yelly. same culture. Like, it's like, dude, just like you, you lost, you got your ass kicked, like just own it it's, instead of like, you know, even if it's like, if you consider it like a, a one on the like aggression scale, it is still a symptom of like, you know, pouting or, or whatever, because you lost. The camera person didn't even like get in his face either. Like they were kind of off to the side and he almost had to like reach out. <laughs> like It wasn't like you're right in his face. He almost like had to go out his way to do that. I think part of the crazy thing um, to take it back to Dak for a second is like, Cowboys have to double down on him now because the way his contract is, they don't uh, have to. Left. But they 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 designed. Oh, I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm just saying they to. did they did design it like to be able to restructure starting now. But they do right. not have to do that. They don't have to. Correct. Yes, but I mean they probably likely will now have to give him more or will give him more money. It's just kind of like a weird spot to be in. Obviously, I think you know they're going to do it because they're happy with him. But it's it's a it's just like a weird thing that we might see like. A Dak Prescott extension after this finished to a season. I mean, or we, a restructure. we saw a Kirk one a year ago to, to, well, to your like, you know, rant or whatever. And like, I, I think Dak is, it, it became clear, not, not that it wasn't lead. to some people, but it became clear that like right now there's 
Mahomes and Burrow for me on one level. And I've had to like eat some crow on Josh Allen. And then the next tier right now certainly includes Jalen Hurts. And he's in the middle of writing the chapter that may vault him to that same tier as, as Mahomes and Burrow, right? Well, obviously, some, what happens on Sunday is a big part of that. Then there's this right. group of, of quarterbacks that are very good and can certainly thrive with a lot of talent around them or, or some talent or whatever. I, I certainly put Dak in that that case. I, I, I have demoted Josh Allen to that case in, in my own personal book. I think Aaron Rodgers is still there. Justin Herbert's there. Lamar Jackson's there, right? But like he, like it is very clear. Like there was life uh, among the idea stats that that Dak could have been on the Mahomes Burrow level. Like we had seen, we saw it a week ago. We saw it on Monday night. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, like it's a the five hundred team. Yeah, that. I mean, all I'm saying is like we have like he was wonderful against the mighty Eagles defense on Christmas Eve. So like again, there there was some like some data and some evidence to that idea. But we have learned that okay, Dak, this is now a lot of data that you are not elevating your team when the moment matters the most. You can certainly win. You can certainly have success, but you're going to be part of, you're, you're going to have to be one of the, part of one of those teams that has the talent around you. And that's why, like, I don't mean this as a shot to Jalen Hurts, but like Jalen Hurts is masterfully executing everything with all the talent he has around him. I would say the same thing about Brock Purdy right now. Not that they're the same quarterback or anything, but like Dak is, is, you know, Dak has CeeDee Lamb, and I don't say this like, oh, poor Dak. They took away Amari Cooper, and they made it, you know, to where he was going to have to do it this year, and he couldn't stats. He couldn't do it against the best competition, at least. I mean, I sure. granted, the Eagles game, too. You, you pointed out the Eagles game, and that's fair. But Mahomes, Burrow, especially Burrow, it seems like, Allen, for the most part, they are who they are, regardless of the opponent. And, right. and Dak just seems like he has these these power outages that just again those interceptions were killers those were garoppolo interceptions that's what used to drive mm -hmm. me nuts about jimmy garoppolo was that he would make those especially the one in the red zone that is just such a backbreaker like you have pointed out and when you're paying that guy 40 million like blg said it as a fan if i were a fan of a team in the division that wasn't the cowboys i would love that Yes, give that guy 40 million, 45 million. Let's give him 20%. You guys realize cash. 40 is like a bargain for franchise quarterbacks now, right? Like, I don't well, know I don't, why 40 has the become the like that's the, number. That's not the point. It's not about the, that's not the point. The point is like, stick with this guy, pay him premium, relatively money. At least it was premium when they signed so him. So, like, well, you're saying you would be more threatened if the Cowboys got rid of Dak this offseason. Like, that's, that sounds so silly. I mean, silly. not like, literally like at the moment he is gone because then, yeah, I mean, then you're down to Cooper Rush. No, no one is saying that. That. But like in the bigger picture, I would rather them have Dak than you know to eventually take a chance on someone who might become better. Sorry, no, it's Steph. okay. Go ahead. Let's just say this. I think this much is clear. I think now what we can say about Dak is he is closer to being a Brock Purdy type quarterback, a guy that needs stuff around him, than a Burrow Mahomes hmm. elevating everybody up quarterback. That, that's exactly what is I meant. Like, of the system. That's exactly what I meant about it becoming clear like that, that, that was that piece that you just described was not fully known. You know, it was like well, a scratch off or like the, the picture wasn't fully. No, it was an assumption and, and uh, an assumption like based on a uh, biased emotion in your case. Like, it, but it's it not became, true. I've said since his rookie year, he, like, he had uh, so like since, year, since he entered the league and he was beating my team. I've been saying this like, no, like it, he, there were times there were signs of life that we saw. So, I mean. And, and the first interception, I think, is an example of the, like, he's not Burrow point stats. Like, he's you're trying to force this thing to Michael Gallup. Like, Burrow finds a way. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that, like, as lame as it sounds, but um, 
I mean, he's, again, the like eighth or ninth best quarterback on the NFL with the ability to play at a very, very high level if he has the talent around him. Disappointing if you're a Cowboy fan, for sure. Uh, you can't get outplayed by Brock Purdy there. And Brock Purdy did not even play a good game. No, he was begging uh, to give the ball away. <laughs> I can't. It's, that's like, I mean, I was stunned, and you both know this, and we'll get to the title game now. But like, I was stunned that the Cowboys generated as many turnovers as they did. And this is going to be something like, obviously, we talk about all offseason, but like, the regression's going to come. Like, like, I know it didn't come this year, but like, that is coming. And you know what? Even if it doesn't come, like, you just saw what happens if you don't get one. Like, they didn't get a single defense. I know they had the, the fumble recovery on special teams, but like, if you're like, if you're banking on getting two turnovers a game, like you're going to lose at some point because like you're going to play a team that's better at like holding the ball or whatever the case. And that happened on Sunday. So um, it just kind of is what it is. This was a weird game, uh, disappointing, bitter, whatever, but it was weird in a lot of ways too. Um, and so just kind of tough to end the season on that sour note. Uh, Stats, do you have a final thought on the division round? Oh, I just think it was weird to see Brock Purdy play against that defense. He was under pressure on roughly 50% of his dropbacks. And I think he's it's going to be exactly that same way against the Eagles. So it's weird that like it's going to be sort of a continuation for him because I think he really needed probably two series to adjust to the speed of the Cowboys to be like, whoa. Because don't forget, he's still a rookie, right? Like, oh, this isn't Iowa State anymore. Oh, my God. These guys are way faster than everybody we've played for the last six weeks. So I think he's going to be in for more of that against Philadelphia. And it's going to be in Philly. So this is a mm -hmm. big test for Brock on Sunday. Well, in the Eagles. Of, Go ahead, Brandon. Well, the context of uh, rookie in the championship game is also not very good in terms of he's the fifth rookie quarterback to ever start in a championship game, and everyone else before him is 0-4. They've never won that game. Um, this is, by the way, kind of table setting for like Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. If you lose to Brock Purdy, this is like unprecedented level of failure. If he has a good game against that, it's, <laughs> it's true. Um, they're their, their average margin of defeat in those games, by the way, is 10.25 points. There's only one game that was one possession. Like, it's th these games aren't even close historically. Small sample size. And combined touchdowns, four. Combined interceptions, nine. Like, like these rookies do not play well in these games. Just, again, historical precedent. It could be different here. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, guaranteed. I'm just saying, like, this is the precedent. Who was the last? Was it Joe Flacco? No, it's really never happened. Oh, you're saying no in the title game. Flacco Look, but, yeah, and Sanchez in the, in the same year, I believe, wasn't it? No, no. Sanchez was two years later then, because Sanchez was or one year later. Sanchez was in 09. Oh, right, because um, one of them would have had to win if it was both of them again. Right, and and Flacco was in 08, and I believe Flacco lost to the Steelers that beat the Cardinals, and Sanchez lost to the um the Colts that it was lost Sanchez. The Sanchez. So Sanchez and Flacco in 2008, San and then Roethlisberger in 2004, and, and then Sean King right. in 1999. Wow. So only one on the NFC side. It's the second NFC. Correct. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Holy crap. Um, I guess I'm in, now I'm impartial. I, this is interesting. So um, on a scale of one to ten, Brandon, with ten being the like most like holy crap, ten. we're gonna lose. Where are you on the panic scale? Oh. Well, just own myself there. Cell phone. Those are rare. That. Uh, no, uh, one. Um, I don't. I've Whoa. reached the point where, look, I think this is going to be so very odd how the Eagles won 38 to 7 on the fifth year anniversary of them winning 38 to 7 against the Vikings. Of course, that was the championship game. 
Whereas the divisional round against the Atlanta Falcons, who had gone to the Super Bowl the year before and lost to Tom Brady, uh, played the Eagles really tough in Philly. And I think it's going to be that kind of game. I think it's going to be a very tough game that kind of comes down to the wire. But I've reached a point, like I did with that Eagles team during that Super Bowl run, where I can't bet against them. I mean, they look so awesome against the Giants. Jalen Hurts looks healthy. Lane Johnson looks healthy. This looks like the team that they were earlier this season when they were just like having their way with teams. And again, I don't think that's going to be the case with this 49ers team, but I just give you, I gave you the historical precedent for like Brock Purdy. It's not great. Um, you're playing in Philly. The vibes are, RJ, you said it yourself on the SB Nation NFL show that like the Eagles arguably have like the best vibes right now. I, I just think there's so many things working in their favor. AJ Brown, let's talk about him for a second. AJ Brown dominated the 49ers last year. And now, you know, stats, you can say that was Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman, and it was, but that was a Titans team that didn't have Derrick Henry playing. That was a Titans team that had watched Julio Jones as their second wide receiver, and then uh, the other guy, I don't even, I forget his name. Like, this is A.J. Brown with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders and this Eagles offensive line. I, I just believe in the trenches here. I believe in every, it's not even, I, so sorry, to to wrap a bow on what my, I'm trying to say here. It, when the Eagles beat the Vikings and we're going to the Super Bowl, it was instantly like, how are we going to beat Brady and Belichick? It, it became not about that to me anymore. It's like, this team is so good. I don't care who they play. They're just, they're better. They're going to win. I believe in them. I mean, you have dogs on Jonathan Gannon like all year long. Even last year too, you ripped him to shreds. Now you have no panic whatsoever. Like not even a two that he's going up against Kyle Shanahan in this offense, which before last week had scored 37 points in four straight games. And the defense, this is the best defense in the NFL. I just said it's going to be a really close game that comes down to the wire. I didn't say it was going to be. Well, then how could your how could your panic be a one if you're like those are those are? I think they're going to pull it through because Jalen Hurts gives you that kind of confidence because that's who he's been. He's fifteen and one as a starter this year. He's going to come through. He's going to deliver the one game. What a loser! Didn't win. He lost the the game as the starting quarterback. Yeah. Where they turned it over four times. They lost, a little bit they, fluky, they lost to a team that the Niners crushed. I can't even imagine. There were bad calls in that game. It was fluky. Like, I'm not really worried. So, okay, that's oh, one game. Calls. One Brandon game McCarthy versus the other 15. Which one is more meaningful to you there? I can't imagine okay, like, what it's like no, to have a team with a quarterback that's lost a game. Man, what well, that's such a weird thing. Um, Yeah, the Niners, like, we're not saying, Brandon, that, like, you should be at a 10. Like, that's, like I, that would be stupid, I'm not too. saying you're saying I should be at a 10. I'm telling you, but, you asked the question. I'm so, giving you so the like, answer. You want me okay, to say but, a different answer that makes you happier? <laughs> no, but we're, we're we're just we're just questioning the answer and listening and understanding and accepting. You don't that's have to all. like that's it, but that's the answer. Do you know the, that's, Do you know how a podcast works? Like we're having a conversation. Like that's exactly what we're doing here. Um, so let me let me lay things as I see them, and then stats. I'm curious for your one out of ten. Um, the advantage. I'll do the like advantage. You know, at every single area. Quarterback, obviously, Philly. Uh, the run game, I'd give to San Francisco. The most the offensive line I'd give to Philly. That the most like tight dude. How could you you don't want to give the run game advantage to San Francisco with Christian the McCaffrey? There? Literally just ran for like the second most uh yards. I'd give it to in, Philly like, playoff history since 2019. Okay, <laughs> it's close. I don't think that's give it to the 49ers, I, but like it's well, very close. Well, anyway, that's why sorry. I gave the advantage to the O line. Like and and Jalen Hurts is like part okay. of like if we're you know what I mean. Like I'm talking about well, the running it, back though. group. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going off the running back group, but I've it's said running game. I, Okay, no, no, no. Now I'm like specifying that, like okay. to your point, because if we're if we're involving sure. Jalen Hurts, then I, it's certainly fair. But if we're like, okay. if the matchup yes. is like Christian McCaffrey, Miles decks, Sanders, whatever. yes. Um, yeah. the the like contentious part for me is the skill position group. Like mm. that that is the most difficult. 
thing to kind of figure out. Like, and I, I think that's true maybe on, in both title games because like AJ Brown and Devonte Smith are wonderful. Dallas Goddard is wonderful. And obviously even if you involve the running backs, but like Debo is terrifying. Brandon Ayuk is terrifying. George Kittle, I feel like woke up stats last week, like in a different way. Like he felt like he was like a sleeping giant. And obviously if we're going to involve, you know, Hertz's running game, like McCaffrey in the passing game, like, it, that, I don't know what mm-hmm. way I'll lean, but whatever way I go, it's 51-49. And it's the, it is the tightest thing for me. George Kittle has caught 23% of his career touchdowns from Brock Purdy. Talk about waking up. Like, that's an absurd <laughs> statistic. Uh, but How I, is that possible? I think that the last, last game against the Cowboys was a really good example for the 49ers offense. Like, oh, you shut down Christian McCaffrey. Awesome. You shut down Debo. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You shut down Ayuk. Okay. Did you shut down Kittle too? No? Okay, then we're just going to spam George Kittle for every big pass play that we need, and he ends up with five huge catches for 95 yards, including that juggling 30-yard catch, which is going to go down as one of the great plays in 49er playoff history. It was awesome. I was freaking out at the time. But no, if if we're comparing, I give the Eagles the edge in the run game. I give the Eagles the edge on the offensive line. I give the Eagles the edge in wide receivers. I give the Niners the edge at tight end. And that's probably it on the offensive side of the ball. George Kittle's better than Dallas Goddard. Don't make that face. I'd give him the I'd give, I I'd give him the I'd give him the edge really of play caller too. Yes. I would give the Niners the um, edge. Like if we're, if we're talking like who's pulling the strings, I yeah, mean Kyle Shanahan's yeah. the best in the business. On the flip side, it's it's not close between Kittle and Goddard. Goddard is really good, but it is not close. Kittle is is on Kittle is in service to Dallas in the Goddard. Well, give me the argument for Goddard. I mean, I'm not. I think it's close. I'll, t- I'll give you Kittle, but like, I don't think well, Goddard's. Would you say Goddard is a f- top five tight end? Yes or no? Yes, but there's okay, a difference. Like, like they're, they're both really good. No, but that's but anyway. Like saying... That's not the, I don't want to die in the sale. That's not the point. <laughs> um, I'm not. That's. I don't want to defend this. I think what's interesting about this matchup is that um, you definitely can see like, okay, where are the 49ers really, you know, what area of the field can they take advantage of? It's the middle. Because I think, you know, you don't, you don't want to go after Darius Slay and James Bradbury right now. You want to go after TJ Edwards and the safeties and Heiser White. You want to attack the middle of the field. So that is definitely an area of concern for me. On the flip side, I look at the 49ers defense and, you know, what is the area you don't want to attack there? It's the middle of the field with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and what they have going on there, uh, Hufanga, versus where they probably a little bit more vulnerable on the outside where – the 49ers have given up the six most receiving yards to wide receivers this season. What do the Eagles have on the outside? They have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And also, what was a big criticism of Jalen Hurts going into this year? He never throws over the middle. He can only throw outside. Well, maybe that's good in this <laughs> matchup. He certainly got better throwing over the middle, but he Man. likes naturally to go to the outside. I'm happy for you that like you're enjoying this. Truly, like I really am. Um, but like this is the most... like into it i've seen you maybe like since we've been friends i don't know if stats would agree with that but um i mean it's an nfc title game so you yeah should be. you're on the um, so like of, the, of super Bowl. I, should I'm i be a, upset I'm a, i don't know what that's like but i'm aware of what it, it is like in theory at the very least so like you kind of brought it up brandon defensively um like the corners like it is kind of like chalk right like corners the advantage goes to philly i think if you want to include the safeties like the middle of the defense certainly goes to san francisco i do feel like fred warner was the one who kind of woke up not that he was asleep but it just felt like all of a sudden, this was like George Kittle, Fred Warner against the Cowboys. Again, not all of a sudden that they're like bad players, but like it felt it, like that's who like these are both teams that like every week it's like they have different superstars show up and play. And last week was like Kittle and Warner's turn. 
the defensive line is, I think as a whole, you got to give it to Philly. But I would, if I have to pick one person, it's Nick Bosa. And so like, you just don't know like which is going to win out. Especially Bosa going up against, sorry to cut you off stats, uh, Lane, who, you know, is still playing through this groin injury. Like that's a big question mark. It's another big question mark. But yeah, it is weird how it's like Bosa with 18 and a half sacks in the regular season, at least. And then the next closest is what, six? Like huge drop off where the Eagles have Hassan Reddick, who has been awesome um, and just crushing right now. And then they have three other players with double digit sacks. That's the scary thing for, for when the Niners are on offense, I'm terrified that Purdy's just going to be under pressure every play. Cause I know people think the Niners offensive line is good, but it's, it's really not It's Trent Williams. And then like a bunch of guys that can be pretty sketchy. But the thing that worries me most about the Eagles offense is not Jalen hurts running, even though that is a threat. It's Jalen hurts hmm. passing. The 49ers have given up Ooh. eight plays of 50 yards or more. That is the most in the league. And we saw it again with wow. the Cowboys. I don't know why he, he, he I don't want to cut you off, Stats. He te- Stats called it. He We were texting throughout the game. He said, there's going to be a big shot. Like, the, the Cowboys are going to hit deep. And then, sure enough, the Dak to CD Lamb play happened. I don't know why Dak didn't do that more, because he could have had it. The, the Niners are not good at the corner position. Even Charverius Ward, who was, like, locking it down early in the year. I don't know if he's banged up or what, but his play has fallen off. They are not good at making plays on the ball outside of Ward. So, like, a lot of times, Diamondor Lenore will be in perfect position. And the guy just mosses him. Like, I'm terrified of that. The only thing that I will say in defense of the Niners is it's been really weird. But if you go back and look against them, one receiver for the other team will absolutely go off, whether it's Cooper Cup or CeeDee Lamb or Terry McLaurin, whoever you want to pick. And it seemingly hasn't mattered. They still lock the Mm -hmm. other team down, which is really weird. The problem is the Eagles have two of those guys. So... The the Eagles' deep passing attack is what scares me most in this game uh, from the 49ers' defensive perspective. Stats, I know you have to leave very quickly. Um, so last thing, Brandon has said several times um, on the mixtape, and to you, I'm sure, um, that if the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's a failure, right? And I, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. Um, but so, like, from both of you, so you can both hear one another as well, um, in some quicker answers, because Stats does have to leave. Stats, you first. Like, how... Yeah disappointing is it if the Niners lose just so like you both know and, and can make fun of the other like if your team ends up winning if Brock Purdy wasn't starting it would be massively disappointing but the fact that it's Brock third string quarterback last pick in the draft rookie I can't kill the 49ers if they don't beat the team that has been the best team in the league all season long I, will I be disappointed of course you're 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl that's always going to be just gut-wrenching But when I look back, I think very shortly after that loss, if it were to happen, I would be able to look back pretty quickly and say, this is an absolutely insane year for the 49ers. I've continued to maintain that to make the Super Bowl, so many things have to go right that are outside of your control. Injury, health, health of your players, health of the other team's players, fumble luck, turnover luck, Weather. weather, all that stuff. None of that seemingly went right for the 49ers this year, and they're still playing for the Super Bowl. So I'm picking the Eagles to win the game. I'm just spoiler alert. <gasps> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> they were my pick to make. Good thing Stats has been really good at picks this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were my pick to make the Super Bowl. You took the 49ers to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I did. Before the year began, I had Philly. I just think that they are the best team. So, yeah, my expectations are not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be just absolutely enraged if the 49ers lose just because of how this year unfolded. 
quick follow up really quickly, Brandon. If if yeah, they win, is, is is it? I know. Is it the just then one word stats? If they win, is it the one of the more or the most satisfying Super Bowl appearance or like whatever point of success? The Niners haven't won the Super Bowl obviously since 1994, but like would this be a more satisfying appearance than 2019 or 2012? Oh yeah. This is absurd. The fact that they're even here is just ridiculous. You couldn't even like make it up. If anybody proposes the beginning of the year, you'd be like, are you out of your mind? I literally said the sentence. If Brock Purdy has to play it all this year, we we don't have to worry about that because the season has gone off the rails. And here right. we are. Okay. All right. I BLG, agree. Yeah, I agree. Like that all is well reasoned. I can't really argue with that. I just, I, you can look at it from the standpoint of they made it to three of the four last NFC championship games and they did not win a Super Bowl, you know, assuming they lose this game. Like that's that's tough. That weighs on you. I I as somebody I think we're seeing Eagles, it weigh on the Bills, like to your point, yes. like in a different way. And right. specifically Shanahan too. So we're gonna talk about, you know, like can't get over the hump coaches you know, between what happened in that aforementioned Falcons, you know, uh Patriots Super Bowl. And then this, it's just like he's really good, but you know, it's 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 that that you know exception um or not exception would be the rule at that point that kind of just you know it, it creates the doubt in your mind so i think there is that angle to it um but yeah certainly from an eagles perspective it, it has to be a failure because look how good they are look how like you don't blow out teams 38 to 7 in the divisional round like that doesn't happen that's crazy that's wild um so and, and it's the amount of talent they have in the roster and again i've talked about it's also the window in terms of you might lose both coordinators in theory um, they're definitely going to lose some of these key free agents. You, you just don't. And just having the experience of seeing the Eagles go win a Super Bowl and then what happened immediately after that. Now, obviously, you know, they were able to pivot five years later and get back. But there was, you know, it was a kind of decline each year after that. And things were really bad in 2020. So you have to capitalize on these chances to Stats' point, getting this luck um, that you have and, and making the most of it. Um, what was the original question, I guess? <laughs> Like if how disappointing Super it would Bowl be if you lost. Okay, yeah, then like, yeah, it'd be like, very disappointing. But um, I, to be fair, I said you your feelings were kind of well known that it would be a failure. So, okay. but so like, is there any way like stats kind of has the Brock Party thing? Is there any? And he's going to leave. But like any contextual piece that would change your answer? Like if this, then maybe it's not a total failure if they lost on Sunday. I mean, you know, if there's like a week, like if the Eagles lose on a 70 yard field goal, then like, okay, well, that was kind of insane. Right. You can really predict, you can't really do too if much. The running about back that. lines up at center and they pull um, off like a Hail Mary. By the way, know, yeah. play, right? <laughs> we didn't really talk about that, which is kind of crazy. I really think that's getting too much play almost because it's just like the game was over. They were never going to win. That's just got to leave. Like, Answer the question so you can. Anyway, go. Uh, last thing I want to say is that I think uh, to the Shanahan point, one thing I meant to mention in there is like, I think that's another big mismatch we have to watch here. If you just go by like expected, uh, you know, points added or whatever, um, like win probability, sorry, WPA, not EPA per play. Like Shanahan's like uh, 14th in the league on this chart that I'm looking at. And Sirianni's at one, but it's also like seven times as much, like in terms of a coach who's going to be aggressive, who's not going to settle for these mistakes. Like it's, it's, you know, one thing to lose, but at least I think from my end, I will know probably Nick Sirianni went balls to the wall to do it. Whereas with Shanahan, you might be like kicking yourself. Well, why didn't, what, what if we did go for it on that fourth down? I think that mm. might be a little bit harder to live with. Prepare for some text. Stats. Stats. We love you Um, on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube at stats on fire. The legendary now and forever Rob Statsker. Love you guys too. The man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Go Niners. That's what we were looking for. I thought you I thought he was gonna say it, so he didn't. But uh that is Rob <laughs> well, Stats Guerrero. I know I don't know if he picked the Eagles because like 
Like you've done that, like an emotional hedge, right? Because like either way now, stats wins, right? Like Eagles win. He's like, well, he doesn't really do that though. I do that. I know, I know he doesn't, but like, but like it is a a BLG thing, right? Like, oh, if the Eagles win, hey, my pick was right. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Listen to my picks, whatever. But if if he's wrong, it's like, well, I'm wrong. I mean, because especially he came off a week where he was like, Forty Nine ers are going to win this game. He felt super confident. It's that's basically how I feel. Like I'm in his spot now of last week, which turned out to be so um, for him. We can kind of like wrap up a few Cowboys points. I have an Eagles point I want to make um, shortly, and then we can kind of touch on the Giants before we get out of here. Um, a little What's bit of a different mixtape. Well, hang on. I'm just, just kind of setting the stage for everybody. Um, so, but, but before I do that, apologies to Brandon for interrupting. Got a little bit heated a little while ago. Um, having stats like he, like Brandon and I are really fortunate to be able to do this, and stats is a really good friend of ours. And so, like getting to talk to him again and getting to talk football with him just felt really good, felt really nice. Natural, if you will, it's just natural. Um, did you ever? Have you ever talk, heard what? Sorry, last thing. This is how we talk to each other. Like this is. I agree. Like, yeah, like, know, like, like when we text each other in the text thread. Like it's, it's the same of, stuff. It's not like we're it, putting on a, a, a like an act. It sounds like this is a cliche, like in our world now, where like podcast, like there's everybody has a podcast, but it's like all we really do is just like hit record. That's like, to your point. Like this is exactly kind of the way it goes. Um, but um, but on your subject of natural. Did you know that I, I've always thought, so people call Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. Rich Eisen has tried to call him the Matril. No. <laughs> Matty bit of a Ice miss. is terrible, and that's even I, worse. I I agree. Um, so my Eagles point is, like, I don't want to say this because Uh-oh. I want to just come in. No, 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 no. Like, I... I <laughs> I, th- I thought about um, coming in here and pulling a Brandon from last year and being like, the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. But like, I, no, but like, I mean this sincerely. Like, this has been a really fun season of the mixtape. We're two seasons in, right? And I would say this one's been certainly for you more fun than last year. But like, the audience has grown, like the connective tissue, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So I am rooting for the Eagles to lose. Let me be very clear. But I know Uh-oh. how. I know how fast emotions can swing if your team loses. All right. Yeah. Um. Don't don't let that happen if you're an Eagles fan, right? Like this team has kicked ass, like, and th- this team has a very promising future. Like, I don't know, like the term window is so weird to use in the NFL right now. Like, we like look at the Niners or the Bills, like we talked about, right? Like, you don't know when the window is going to slam shut or when it's going to like get kicked open, like the Bengals. Um, so like, don't let if the Eagles lose on Sunday, don't let that like ruin it for you. Like, this was an incredible season for the Eagles, whether it continues on Sunday afternoon or not. I did say this like uh, going into the playoffs, the end of the regular season, uh, you know, because it kind of ended slowly. I'm like, don't take this for granted. You're all you're all been out of shape that the Eagles didn't crush the Giants in Week 18. Like, who cares? They got the one seed. This is like in a, literally set even the if franchise. even if they lose this game, dude. Like, who cares? You like you you well, have found a franchise quarter. I know, I know it's so hard because like you're you're there and you want it, and it's like, well, we're right here, right? Let's get through it or whatever. But it's like, like. Jalen's not going anywhere. You can appreciate the season as a special season. Absolutely. I get that. That's why I said that before the playoffs started. So we, we could, we could establish that as you like to say the baseline before, you know, we get emotionally compromised. I said, take a moment, especially because you have the bye week like bottle this up for a second and appreciate how special of a season with this was and what happens in the playoffs is going to happen. You know, obviously you don't want to see them lose, but if they do, you have to at least be able to like say, yes, this was a very successful season. In a lot of ways, it doesn't mean they're going to be great again next year. Cause again, NFL is volatile. Things change, but like you're allowed to appreciate it. We'll talk about this more. Um, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but like, and the Cowboys proved to be an exception, but there will likely be regret 
regression, right? Like there will be like sack regression for the Eagles next year, right? Like in all likelihood, there will be regression for like Hassan Reddick or AJ Brown. Not I mean, that they'll they suck, but the, the <laughs> first team in NFL history to have four double digit sacks players in two seasons. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like those, t- like, so you're right. Like you can identify it as precious, but like my point is like, don't throw it away if it isn't like the best thing ever, you know? So both, like you're saying, multiple things can be true. That's, I think that's, that's kind of the thing with the championship. Right. It's like only one team can win the championship. So you can't literally, you can't always just base off of, did we win a championship? Right. Then, oh, 30, no. 31 teams then, then consider the season failed. a failure. Yeah. Right. See, like, I do think you can call the Bills season a failure because they didn't win the title. Like, the, the Bills were the team who who truly went all in, right? Like, they signed Von Miller. Like, that was their thing. And, like, the world acted. I said this. Um, You mentioned it on the NFL show. I thought the Bills and Eagles both kind of operated throughout the regular season early on like it was their title, right? Like, how, how dare you entertain the idea that somebody else could win the Super Bowl? I think the Eagles, I wouldn't call it, got humbled. But like the Eagles were kind of like forced to get humbled throughout the Jalen Hurts injury, right? Like to well, kind of realize it up more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well. Like that, that that helped like kind of recalibrate the mentality. I think for the Eagles versus the Bills, the Bills I think were like, what the the Bengals are going to come and beat what? That's impossible. What in the snow? In our in what? Like it really pains me as somebody who has supported the Bills. Like I'm just yeah, you know, tough scene for them. So to get to the Cowboys now, um, that Cowboys are not in the title game. The Cowboys held us back from having a Cowboys Eagles title game. There's a lot of like, oh, thank goodness we didn't lose to the Eagles. No, they lost. It's sad. It's embarrassing. Like quite trying to gloss it up. But um, not that the but is, is, is the proverbial but. But like it's been a few days at this point. They lost stack for five games. And and I, I do think I'm not saying like I, and I've been trying to say this. Like, I'm not trying to be like team of destiny. Oh, like the tide is turning. I did find this season to be very impressive for the Cowboys in, in a lot of senses. Now, it was unimpressive in many others. Um, they they made a bed that they were forced to lie in that bit them with Amari Cooper. But like, dude, holy crap, you lost your franchise quarterback for five games and won four of them. That was something we had never seen from them before. Tyron Smith goes down a week before the regular season starts. You don't really skip a beat at left tackle off based off the dude you drafted that everybody made fun of you for. That was kind of a new sort of situation. They managed to maintain themselves on defense. Again, that will probably regress next year, especially if Dan Quinn does leave. And I can update you on some news and notes things. Um, but so like the standard just wound up being lower for them this season, right? Like they did impress relative to like what I thought they were going to do. I think what you thought they were going to do, they still fell short. They still peed down their leg in the process and were embarrassing in the most Cowboys way possible. It is like stats talked about, or I don't know. I think you talked about the, the weird things that have to happen somehow, some way they always line themselves up to not just be on the wrong end, of the weird things that have to go your way, but to have them blow up in their face. You know what I mean? Like they, and I know people get their jokes off, but they they find a way to do this in the most humiliating way possible. Every single time they get here. Cope. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted to make you mad. Uh, I mean, yeah. Imagine um, listening back to the post week one podcast of the mixtape here, like go back and listen to that. And I'm sure, you know, that was obviously just you as one person, but I'm sure you're reflecting the sentiments of many others out there who felt a similar kind of way. It was yeah, grim. So, like that that game I, justified I all of the criticisms that I know you know I had, but yeah. like that that a lot of people shared as well. So, but that's that's where you put things in perspective. You're like, yes, okay. Um, it is surprising in a lot of ways that they did these good things. It's also frustrating that it ended like it did again. 
Uh, that's that, the point of uh, like critical thinking, right? And analysis, and why would right. you? And the, it's not just like one note. This thing, only this thing. That's the point. Yeah, of it's it's not the, the box score true. and the standings. To like you say that yeah. all the time about power rankings, and yeah, that's like, where like it's dumb. That's where like again like like for and I mean this like go off with the Dak jokes and the McCarthy jokes like they they deserve them they earned them right um but like the presentation of the idea that like oh they're they're stuck they're stupid like it's never gonna happen like again I'm not saying like like oh it's it's like inevitably going to happen but like they have turned a corner it's a sad corner that they have to turn but like well, they, they this are is where we're disagreeing kind of but well i'm just saying like it's it is market improvement like they, they are they were a playoff team they won double digit games like those are lame you know benchmarks to clear but that they did them in consecutive years like that had not happened in, in throughout the entire drought like and that doesn't mean that the drought is gonna end but I mean, it is improvement in a way that we have not seen with this franchise since they won the Super Bowl 27 years ago. All right, you want to talk about the Giants? Um, I think we're, I think we as a society are lacking some critical thinking when it comes to the Giants. Like, mm -hmm. similarly to the Cowboys, like the Giants ran into maybe the team that's going to win the Super Bowl, and I mean, like, ran into them. <laughs> like this, this was not close. This was the. I thought the Cowboys win over the Bucks was the most sound win of the wild card round. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I think this was the most sound win of the playoffs so far. Like I would say second place might be the Bengals win over the Bills, honestly, though. Yeah. Um, but like this was just a demolition. I mean, that like where where was anything positive? Nothing. And you you talked about the Zeke play at the end where he lined up at center and how everybody made a big deal about it. I know I tweeted about the Brian Dable punt. I do kind of think like that has become the face for this when that like really was kind of inconsequential at the end of the day. But the, it's the process, you know. It's not I agree. I agree. It's not like you change the outcome of the right. game. It's like it's just like you're the you're. Uh, it got down to eight points. The line got up to sorry up to eight points. They're eight point underdogs. You're trailing like in this season. That's how kind of house money is anyway. Like what are you doing? Why why are you not going for it here? Um, would it not have changed the outcome of the game likely? But you know, give yourself a chance. Giants didn't do that. Um, I know. Here's the thing. The interesting thing about the Giants, and this is not just me saying this, you know, now I said this leading up to the playoffs and was thinking, you know, if they collapse, you can't. I know Ed has said Ed Valentine from Big Blue View has said the season is a success already. And like, I get that from the standpoint of it's way better than what a lot of people thought you're for a team. That was the worst team in the NFL since mm -hmm. 2017 to win a playoff game on the road. That's absolutely a positive step. I will say progress is not always linear. Does that mean that the Giants are just going to definitely take this big leap next year and be right in the mix for the division lead, especially when the Cowboys and Eagles on paper at least are still looking very threatening and the commanders are there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying they're not going to, I think the commanders aren't necessarily going to be like, you know, the Texans. They're still a team that you didn't even beat twice this year. You tied them once. Um, and the other thing is like, there's, there's some potential turnover there. You might lose. Either. Well, there's there's regression that's likely coming too, right? Like there's all those Daniel things. Jones, yeah, he turned right. the ball over. He threw fewer interceptions than any other quarterback this year. Like, is that going to happen again after he was really turnover prone in the past? So I, I just think the Giants are at an interesting interesting point because I think there's a path where I think there's a fork in the road now where they can take the path where they you know they make these savvy moves. They kind of did what the Eagles did this past offseason. They load up their roster. They get it right. Joe Shane makes a lot of great moves, and they do take that step next year. Mm -hmm. There's also a path where it's like. Maybe you're, you're smelling yourselves a little bit too much. Oh, we're going to extend Daniel Jones. We're going to bring back Saquon. You kind of almost like run it back and you, maybe you make some bad moves in free agency and then you're kind of racing out to the middle as opposed to actually making real meaningful progress. I loved this line about the Bills. I don't mean to keep bringing them up, but obviously, you know, 
a lot of podcasts have talked about the, the divisional games. Um, it was from Mark Sessler on the Around the NFL podcast. And obviously they're amazing and Mark is amazing. Uh, but in talking about the Bills, he said, um, and I kind of touched on this in my own words on the NFL show, but he said they've lost their innocence. And I really liked that line. Like, because I think it's really hard to go, and this isn't the case for the Eagles because like they're a big market and like super rich in NFL history. But like, it's hard to go from being like a small market team to then having these big expectations and then failing, right? Like, because then it's like, well, now everybody wants to come for you, right? Like now everybody wants a piece of the the mockery, right? Like, and we're kind of seeing like it's starting to happen with the Bills a little bit. Like people are really coming for them a little bit. Um, and the Chiefs went through that, right? Like the early parts of last season and they survived, right? Because they're the Chiefs. I don't know if the Bills can. And so the Giants kind of became obviously not small market and obviously huge NFL history, but like they kind of became like, you know, the plucky underdog, like the runt of the litter. You know what I mean? So like next year is going to be the year where it's like, okay, now we have legitimate expectations for you. So like, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen if you don't meet them? If you fall short, can you handle the blowback? Like, I think the Cowboys are, I wouldn't say good, but I think the Cowboys are equipped to handle the blowback, but, because of the nature of them being the Cowboys, right? Like, that's just kind of who they are. The Eagles are certainly used to it. Like, we hate everybody. We throw batteries at Santa, blah, blah, blah. But, like, n- like now, in, in terms of, like, the Twitter era, maybe is the best way to put this. For the first time in the Twitter era, the Giants are going to be expected to do something. So what happens if they don't? How are they going to react? I'm very interested to see that, if that winds up being the case. Also, like, I thought Daniel Jones did a lot of good things this year. But who is really scared of Daniel Jones still? And maybe getting a wide receiver will make worlds of a difference. We've seen that happen this this past offseason. Getting that if they can get a stud, and I wouldn't pass it, put or I wouldn't put it past Joe Shane to be able to do that somehow, whether that's a trade or I'm looking at the free agent options here. And unless They're I'm not like, great. Miss, yeah, I was like, unless I'm missing someone, like this list is the, uh, the name that I think we'll hear because of the like buzz would be Lamar, right? Like, and if they get Lamar, then I know you're not a Lamar guy, but like that would be interesting. Like we, you, you were wait, the one who brought this up. I'm, I'm talking wait, about. The, I said wide receivers. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, I was. Oh, like, wait, it's still we, not great. I mean, <laughs> they're gonna stick with Jones. I mean, right. I'm pretty confident in that. But, I don't mean um, Lamar as a receiver, just to recycle a, an old yeah tra- wow. uh, draft take. <laughs> That'd be. Um, but see, like I. I don't know. I mean, I'm very interested. I And I think however you felt about Jones and Barkley before Saturday, like, don't let that game, you know, don't be like, don't be the person that's like, well, no, no, they can't pay Jones, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that is stupid. But it does. It, it's, I don't think it changes anything. Yes, agree. But also it is does kind of be like, well, at least from my side of it, again, it's like, I'm not really scared of the Giants re-signing Daniel Jones. Again, I think he had a nice year. I think he's a nice player, but it's like, I don't know what you're going to really win with nice and also um you still have a lot of work to do so again i think it, it, i'm not trying to say it wasn't a successful Giants season i agree that it was i'm just saying and i think you're saying this too it is not just guaranteed that you take the next step in the positive direction look at the bills i mean you know what i'm saying like it, 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 nothing is guaranteed nothing you know what i'm saying like and i say that knowing that 75 percent of the title teams are the same as they were a year ago you know what i mean but like nothing is guaranteed um, in the NFL. Okay, a few quick Cowboys notes, and then we'll pick the title games. I know you're going to pick the Eagles game a million times, but um, just for the purposes of the audience understanding, it is now wow. the offseason for Dallas. the Commanders. I mean, okay. Um, so, um, obviously, the season's over. Cowboys hold the 26th overall pick. Would have been 27th. Do not forget, people. I know you remind people all the time. The Dolphins are forfeiting their first-round draft pick, so Dallas was slotted 27th. We'll pick 26th. Um, it's going to be an expensive offseason potentially for the Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, both eligible. 
for new deals. Um, and they told us when they made the moves that they did last year that they were preparing to pay them. And then obviously next offseason, Micah Parsons will be eligible. And so they've got to, you know, save parts of the pie. Um, I did think this was super interesting. We did a video on our YouTube channel. Not even 24 hours after the Cowboys season was over, it was reported by the Dallas Morning News that Zeke Elliott is open to a pay cut to stay with the Cowboys. Um, this is the first year, in case anybody doesn't know, uh, where there is no guaranteed money left on Zeke Elliott's deal. Uh, Zeke Elliott's deal, or deals, mm-hmm. I guess, if you include his rookie contract. So it's the first time they can get out of it. They make him a post-June first cut. I'm rounding here. They can save $6 million and, and kick six down the road to next year. So we have been talking about forever, BTB. 2023 is the offseason to kind of figure out your backfield. And before, it was just a question of, are you going to let Zeke or cut Zeke? And you're going to re-sign Tony Pollard? The Pollard thing became a little bit clouded. He suffered a fractured left fibula in the loss. And we obviously touched on that. Um, that, as unfortunate as it is, will obviously impact his earning power. So what are the Cowboys going to do? Are they going to bring back Pollard? It's expected to kind of take him out till about, you know, I don't know, the middle of the summer, maybe, who knows, or maybe a little bit earlier. Um, are they going to agree to the restructured contract with Zeke? I mean, that would be interesting to say the least, or are they going to move on from both? Or, I mean, I don't know. I I, th- I think, I think most fans want to see them move on from Zeke. They're grateful for the good times. Mm-hmm. It's just time to move on. If you want to bring Pollard back, there's certainly an argument to do that. Maybe you tag him. If you want to restart, Hey, it's the running back position. Don't devote serious resources to it. Yeah, my guess, uh, if it's worth anything to you, I think they're going to tag Pollard, and I think they're going to restructure Zeke because as you've you've, I I mean, right. you've talked about it over the years, like they love him, they, they they're they're absolutely not going to cut him, and I think it's frustrating or should be from a Cowboys perspective because you just need to. It's not about the money; it's about like getting him off the team because if you have him there, even on like a cheaper salary, you're still going to use him, and he's becoming less effective each year. So you're just going to waste those touches on him. So yeah, I think from my standpoint, I'm rooting for Zeke to be back. I mean, the Dallas Morning News article had all this stuff about how his locker room presence and his leadership. And I'm not saying there's zero value to that, but like, I mean. To, to the point at hand, Tony Pollard missed an entire half of a game where your season was on the line. And I hate painting it like this, but the $90 million running back couldn't carry you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's kind of a problem. Um, last sort of note on this, um, Dan Quinn, I, I, I feel this is my own personal guess and hunch. I feel more strong than I did at any point last offseason that he's going to get a job. Like he's interviewing, I think, for the second time with the Cardinals and the Colts. Um, so things are really heating up um, in that sense. So um, he could be out. So we'll see. Obviously, you, the listener, might be listening to this after we know something. We have not seen. Is it me or is like, have we normally gotten a head coach domino by this point? I think Sean Payton's holding everything up. Yeah, I'm all out on that. But oh, if, I mean, he, I, if he doesn't yeah. take a job, I know, I agree with you. If he doesn't take a job, I'm going to have to deal with this all for another year. That's going to suck so much. So. Mm. Um, uh, last thing I have on the commanders really quick is that uh, only I don't know thing. if I the only thing I don't know if I articulated this effectively as I wanted to last week when I think I was talking about their uh, offensive coordinator situation, like they're not going, they're not going to be able to hire anyone because it's not a good job because you have this like looming ownership sale. Mm. You have the fact that Ron Rivera, you know, could be kind of a lame duck. Like no one's going to want to go to that job. That's what happened with Matt rule. No one wanted to go to the Panthers. Right. It's not a good job. If you have, a, if you're a worthwhile candidate, generally you have options and you're not going to pick that option. So um, and, and just looking at these early names I've seen for their coordinators, and they also lost Chris Harris too, who a lot of people thought was going to be like, a, or it might be a nice uh, mm-hmm. defensive coordinator someday. So like they're even losing some people. So I just think Washington Washington is in like this holding pattern right now, really, until the ownership sale goes through. 
and um, and there's talk that Bezos, you know, might be involved or whatever, but we'll see. Um, the Bengals and Eagles are both two and a half point favorites as of this moment. Uh, it's about 3 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, yeah. January 24th, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, the difference between the two is that the Bengals are on the road. Um, and again, a difference to um, they're playing Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, which obviously has a lot to do with the line. I think yep. I speak. I think I think that we're both picking the Bengals and laying the points. Yeah, uh, give me okay. Bengals money line, baby. Yeah, I I think they're gonna. I I don't know how you can bet against Burrow. Like I, I know, I, dude, he's a killer. Like he, I I said prior. So my ideal like path to the playoffs, path to the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, if I I can pick the teams they all beat along the way. Oh, like really, if you. I saw a comment last week. Sorry, just along those lines, because I think this is funny. When you wrote um, Saturday night, the like, who would you rather face in the NFC Championship game post at BGN? Mm-hmm. I saw some one comment was like, I would rather, um, I would rather play the Cowboys. I would rather lose to the Niners. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like it's the proverbial like, oh, I don't want to lose to that team. But go ahead. Yeah, which is a loser mentality. Come on, can't be that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So it would be beat the Giants, um, because you know, knock a division rival out, beat the Cowboys, knock another division rival out. Right. And then a lot of people would say the Chiefs, because like, oh, they're the big bad Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. To me, it was Burrow, because I think Burrow's the most terrifying play. And I know the Rams just beat him in the Super Bowl, so maybe that kind of takes some of the juice out of it. But again, also Burrow is literally three and zero against Mahomes. So if you're scared of Mahomes, like this is the guy who beats him regularly and hasn't lost to them. So that terrifies me in part. It's not the only factor, but I just think when you watch him, it's it's similar to how I feel about Hurts, like. It just in terms of like, I, I trust they're not going to do anything wrong. They're not going to make that mistake. They're just going to go out there and they're going to crush you and kill you. And it's going to be demoralizing. And I'm glad Hurts is on the Eagles side, but like Burrow, um, I, I enjoy rooting for him. So I'm glad he's not like uh, despisable, at least to right. me, because I, I, like, I, I think he's cool and I'm cool with rooting for him until it comes to the point where uh, it's going up against Jonathan Gannon. That makes me very nervous, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Burrow. It's not even, I would honestly take him if Mahomes is healthy. Like that, that's not the biggest I agree thing with you. to me. Yeah, I, I just think, like, if he loses, okay, great. Then I'm dumb for doubting the Chiefs, but I, I would feel dumber at this point for doubting Burrow. I agree. Um, I don't know any way to, like, properly contextualize how good and awesome Joe Burrow is other than to say, like, he has made the Bengals cool. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I like all I of agree. our lives, right? Like, the Bengals have just been, like, an afterthought. You know, and it's just like, ah, with the A Bengals. Joke. Yeah, like, but, like, like, did you ever, like, even think of them, like, when you were, like, I don't know, like when you if you ever had like a mini helmet collection, where you were like, oh, the Bengals, like they're cool. Like, no, the Bengals were like a lane. You know what I mean? Like, but he makes them cool. Like, I I didn't even know this. Maybe I've missed this for the last year. Did you know that they call like the Bengals call? Um, I, it's actually not Arrowhead, uh, GEHA Field. Excuse me. Um, they call it Burrowhead. It's like that's so cool. Like, I know, <laughs> like but that. they deserved. Like, they can do that. They they're allowed to do that. I mean, that's. People treat Mahomes like he's won five Super Bowls. I feel like we can say that. Like it's just true. Like he, he's won one. He gets we some for some reason we act like he's won five. Not to say he, that he's obviously he is, incredible. He is and otherworldly. He, he is otherworldly talented. But like he does. Like I, I actually was was baking this theory um over the weekend before the Cowboys played. I'm curious if you agree because people will be like, oh, Chris Collinsworth like fawns over Joe Burrow. Tony Romo fawns over Joe. I'm not saying that those things aren't true. But I was thinking, like, why? Like, why Why do announcers do this? And my theory is that, like, they want their, like, call of it. They, like, they, they believe, like, Burrow's going to have, like, the NFL films treatment, like, well beyond mm-hmm. retirement. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they, they want wow. the, like, deep, line. Deep stuff here. They will, Like, tell me you don't agree. They want the line to live forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, the line of fawning over him. They're just, like, playing the odds in that way. That's what I think. Hmm. I mean, I don't disagree or agree. I don't really have a strong opinion on that. 
specific thing either way. But yeah, Burrow's a killer, and yeah, I he terrifies me. I don't I don't like to bet against him. Um, I will say, and this is just objective. Oh, sorry, one last thing I wanted to say. Um, uh, I said that about McVay last year in terms of like he if he wins the Super Bowl, everyone's gonna act like he won like ten mm-hmm. Super Bowls because yeah. it's him. Um. It's stupid because, like, we both agree that Mahomes is more talented than, like, from a physical standpoint than Burrow. Like, yeah, Burrow might be one. a better quarterback. Yes. Right. Like, Burrow might be a better quarterback, but, like, Mahomes is clearly more talented. Like, those are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, this is a very big sliding doors game. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 the Bengals win, it will be, like, Burrow's 4-0, 2-0 in title games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like – and. And then if, if they did win the Super Bowl, whether against the Eagles or Niners, it would be, well, they both have one. They've both lost one, and Burroughs won all the head-to-heads. He is clearly yep. the king of, of the AFC, whatever. So I agree. I, I think I speak I think I think speak for you that if it can't be the Eagles, you want that path the most. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm rooting. If the Eagles lose to the 49ers, I would be happy for stats specifically. Sure. More sure. so. Not really like the 49ers fans as a whole, like stats specifically because of the situation um but uh if i'm like looking at it from if i'm taking that part out of it and i'm looking at who i want to win i'm probably gonna root for the afc team and i like burrow i just love burrow he's like he's one of my you know he's my new russ i'm gonna say it russ you've been dethroned russell's my favorite um, player i'm fine with that for i'm a not long time burrow is i'm not gonna do a new flavor i'm not gonna do a burrow impersonation you know what i mean like and it's just, to be clear it, i believed in him and i think you know this before the playoff run last year i was like i think like i was picking the Bengals every single week i'm like dude he's what legit. a bold he's, take not to, to say in... i discovered him but like i was <laughs> definitely like on him before the playoff run last year i'm not you were saying very brave I'm, brandon to to believe in the number one overall pick who I'm won the saying, heisman like, trophy who, who was the quarterback for one of the most dominant teams in college football hey, history very look, very brave of you look everyone can't be as smart and as handsome and as charming and as talented and as successful and um uh, burrow's last loss in college was to texas a&m university the seven overtime game that was his last loss in college did you know that hurts beat pretty in uh college oh did you see that i hate this so much did you know the eagles and steelers used to be one (laughs) um uh i just wanted to say this We didn't make our uh, NFC pick. We'd spent like 20 minutes. Oh, I, I'm pick, I really am picking the Niners. I'm, I mean, like, but like, I do think I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think it's going to be a dog fight, like super close, What's the like score? whatever. 31-29. Okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I and I'm, I'm fine. Like, you know, oh man, I didn't pick the Eagles, but like, I like, this is not a doubt, but it's like, okay. So the Eagles two wins since the Hertz injury are both the giants, right? I'm asking, not like uh, pointedly asking, right? Those are their only two wins. So like, I, I am like genuinely interested, like, okay. Like, and, and like, I I have no qualms admitting the Eagles are a great team. That one of the best teams in the NFL this year, obviously you slay the Niners, you 38 to seven them like, okay, like bring it. But I will say, Bengals Eagles would be one of the most gross looking Super Bowl matchups, mm. like aesthetically. You know what I mean? Like the colors don't blend well. If you know what I mean? Like, I did not like Bengals Rams. It was gross to look at. Um, so yeah. They wouldn't this do is, this, but but what if the Eagles were their all blacks and the Bengals were their all whites? Is that the I think that that's would, probably the best way to salvage it? Yeah, but you agree that if the Eagles are wearing any kind of green, it's going to look gross. Like green against orange is just not, you know. I think the Eagles, well, I think the Eagles are the home team. I think the NFC is the home team. This is the NFC's year to be the home team, yes. Yeah, so they would probably go, I'm guessing they would go green and white. Green, white, green tops, white bottoms. Yeah, interestingly, when the Patriots, the Patriots are the home team uh, in the Eagles Super Bowl and they picked their road uniforms, which is a very bad move because the Eagles were like, 
really good and undefeated well, in those. I actually remember so like um white jerseys have won I don't know what it is at yeah, this point, but they were like, like undefeated. Like 16 they were going of 19. Like that. But it's been like 16 of 19. And I actually yeah. think the last two of the last three, somebody can fact check me this, but of the last three color jerseys to win was the Chiefs in 19 in their reds. Um, but the two before that were both green, were the Eagles and the Packers when when McCarthy won it with Rodgers. Mm. They wore their greens for that that Super Bowl. Wow. I know. Yeah. Did they? Uh, I think they did. Is, yeah, they did. Do you think that's the what's the best matchup? Do you think? I I mean, I don't want the Eagles in there. Like I, <laughs> like no, I want yeah, to enjoy. I'm it. saying like the right. best game, right. the best um, game, regardless of rooting I, interest. Just like, what is the most entertaining possible? I, I hate game? I hate to be chalk, but like any combination at this point would be very very good. Like the okay, best. Give me one, the best. Yeah, is it the best Chiefs? is probably Eagles Chiefs, and you get the like. MVP versus the player it kind of belonged to. You get the Andy Reid stuff. You get the Kelsey Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get all mm-hmm. the stuff associated with it. You get AJ Brown, you know, couldn't couldn't beat the Chiefs with the Titans. You know what I mean? Now gets to do it, whatever, with the Eagles in the title game in 19. That's what I'm talking about. That when now he's on the Eagles, obviously. So um that that was not a slight by any means. Um you get the angle. Um you get the like kind of mini Doug Peterson bowl, right? Like the mm-hmm. crossover that happened, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Eagles Chiefs. Oh, we didn't get to but... Sirianni. I'm so that's that's my final thought. My final thought is, I've actually because you were you getting hurt by him during the game. Yeah, I, love I am it. not alone actually, in this. To be very I, clear, I like, know. Okay, it's like, very apparent that like Giants fans, especially all these NFC Cowboys fans, are like no, 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 no. It is it is NFL observers. It is not, don't better. don't bottle it up to like be fair about this. Even better. I don't care. Like honestly, I reached a point where I was like def- like defending against it and I was like, "Wait a minute. No, I I'm going to embrace this. I like this. I, like <laughs> the, I can't stand him now. It's great. I love it. It's awesome. I love it. Everyone's so mad. I love it. You, it's great. I wouldn't say that privately to me, you were I wouldn't say that you were not fond of the Michael Jordan line, but I will say that you were like you were not like this is the most incredible thing ever to say. You know what I mean? So, Be, well, because I think like it's going to get taken out of context. People are going to think he said Jalen Hurts is Michael Jordan of the NFL. It's not what he said. He was specifically talking about like the composure and calm and confidence, which is a big point of why I'm not really like concerned in this matchup because I believe in that. I believe there's something to that. Like the team just looks super composed and they look like, oh, nothing's going to go wrong. We're okay. We're going to be okay. We don't need to panic. Uh, and I think there is something to that about Hurts. I, think a lot of players work hard in the nfl and it's so then it's tough to be like this guy works so hard i think hertz is like in that 99 percentile of like just like obsessive like just like nuts crazy and sirianni's kind of like that way in a different way in terms of just being a nutso uh guy on so, the sideline let me let me land this plan for you and i i i think what i'm going to say it's intended to be nice sirianni has if the eagles win the super bowl sirianni almost on his own has made it to be one of the more satisfying sports experiences if you are like a Philly fanatic. You know, I know that's a thing, but you got know what I'm saying? Like if you like live and bleed and die Philly, like, and you're, you're Philly culture, you know what I mean? You're like, they hate us. We don't care, blah, blah, blah. If that's your MO, 
Sirianni has like given you like it is soaking wet in in Philly. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Right, and that's what like you can argue that that's like, and I think that is people's argument that it is like artificial and like not authentic, like whatever. Um, no, it but is if authentic. It, that is who if, he is. Hang on, but it, if it happens, even if it even if it is artificial, if it happens, you don't care, right? Like if it if it happens, all you will ever care about is the the gif of him like what like eyes like like head bobbing. You know what I'm gif. saying? Like like. All that crap lives forever if you win, but if you don't, like if, if they lose to the Niners and if yeah. her, and like because all these things are possible, then it all comes back. You know what I'm sure. saying? So like, well, and I, don't I don't think people cr- here will care about that a ton, but yeah, they won't. But it becomes Russell Wilsony in that like you you craft this world for everyone to deal with, right? Like now you've crafted the like Jordan thing for Jalen to deal with, and again you win, and there's a good chance they're gonna win, right? They're favored to win. Like if you win, nobody cares, and it's all it's all crap you can flex on because you won. So, uh, yeah. All, All right. right. What's your final thought? Um, my final thought. Yeah. I cannot believe the hubbub that was made about the Cowboys tweet. That was a really weird thing. So. I think people don't understand the context that the Cowboys website is more has more creative freedom than almost literally any other team website. I think people are used to their own team's websites, like the Eagles, just for example, where it's basically, you know, just like go team propaganda. Let me be clear. Cause I know yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, Eagles yeah. website. I think they work hard. I think they do a really good job. It's not them. It's just like, they're very much put on a constraint of what they can and can't say. And I think the Cowboys to their credit, I give the Cowboys credit for that. I think that's <laughs> awesome that they actually allow you like the, the writers to kind of keep it real. Although, I also get how it is kind of funny for the people who don't realize that that it looks like this is like weird cell phone. <laughs> They're just like I just, the quarterback. I think it's it's just like a symptom of like like how I don't mean to be like how sports are like my TED talk, but like you know we like when when you lose like you open the door for this. You know what I mean? Like all, like it's like the Jordan Sirianni <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Like when you win, although even if people think it's corny or goofy or lame, whatever, when you win, it's all cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when you lose, it's all dumb and stupid. Like those are just the rules um okay um i told you before giants eagles um in our group text that i had made a frozen pizza it was not mm. that good oh yeah um yeah just you know wasn't that great um so my question to you as we leave is what is something you will make and eat before next week's mixtape not something you will buy or eat out at a restaurant something like you cooking. will make in your home yeah Man, I wish you asked me this last week. I made some good. I could just lie, I guess. <laughs> Not at this point, but I could have just lied. Uh, I made these really good chorizo quesadillas. Oh hell yeah! That's Blue the best Apron. thing you've ever said on the mixtape. Okay. I mean, they were awesome. Um, Not an ad. Just, just uh, yeah. Talking. Just right. My my friend Matt works at Blue Apron. Um, he got me a free box uh, like a couple months ago, and uh, I'm a, I'm only so doing it like once a month. I don't do it all the time. It's kind okay. Of just, you know, Something you're gonna make this week. I'm, well, I'm buying time to think of what I'm going to make. Um, you could have uh, gone like toast. You know what I mean? You could have given us just a literally correct answer. I'm not going to make toast, though. That's the thing. I do have a lasagna that I'm dethawing. Does that count? I have a frozen that lasagna counts. that, you know how you like, you get like the free turkey with the um, the grocery mm, store points mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. every year. So my mom gets the free lasagna always. She doesn't eat meat and she'll just keep it in the freezer. It's kind of like an emergency lasagna. Like if there's a mm-hmm. snowstorm or like, or don't feel like cooking, mm-hmm. whatever, it's just in the freezer. So I've had, my mom gave me the one she got from the year before because she has a new one now. So I have the leftover lasagna that I am currently de-thawing because you have to de-thaw it apparently for 48 hours. Or you, before or, you bake it. 
Yeah, so I'm going to bake it later this week. Okay. I'm going to have that lasagna. It'll probably be like two meals because it's like a family serving. Excellent. Okay. Let's get out of here. Brandon, give us four words. Eagles gonna win Sunday.